Live from the old National Bank State Street Studio, across from the historic Chicago Theater, you are listening to Carmen and Yurko on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. This is WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago, a good Karma Brands radio station. Carmen Yurko show of the 2023 calendar year. I am Jeff Meller, along with Barstool Chief, a.k.a. Ryan Brendel, hanging out with you. We'll be here till 2 o'clock today. You want to jump on in, 312-332-3776. We've got a Carmen and Yurko trip to Kentucky, courtesy of the Woodford Reserve Distillery, that we will be giving you an opportunity to qualify for later today at 150. That's the call to... F- Call to post 150, so make sure you are listening then. Again, 312-332-3776. You will have a chance to win the grand prize trip along with Carmen and Yurko in 2024 because it is Friday. And before we get anywhere, Rye, uh, before we jump into our Bears conversation, set the scene for Bears and Falcons at Soldier Field, we have got to react to what we saw last night on Thursday Night Football. Joe Flacco, the renaissance continues Insanity, my man. He he's a revelation. And you know what? I even though the Browns effectively ended the Bears season with that comeback, although I'm going to put that on the coaching staff and not on the Browns, mm-hmm. they are kind of our brothers in arms. Like Midwest misery, mm-hmm. quarterbacks forever. Like we have, you know, the, something like 37 starting quarterbacks since Brett Favre got the job in Green Bay. They have like the Jersey meme where it's like every single quarterback, yes. they Brady Quinn, all, Tim all, Couch. all these guys forever. Eric with their, Anderson. Yeah, their, uh, it's like the worst names of quarterbacks ever. And, and we and we named the good ones right there, actually. Right, right? Those are Brandon Whedon. Yeah. Those are probably all the best oh. bakers on that list now. And they just cross them off and mm-hmm. they just can never find a quarterback uh, just, just like us. And now you would think that Flacco fits on that meme perfectly. Like the, the the old guy, he's supposed to be another name that's crossed out, but Correct. he's not. No. He's leading them, who knows, to a Super Bowl. Because the AFC does feel more open than it has in the past. And I I like I am genuinely happy and enjoying watching Joe Flacco in the Browns. I think I'm enjoying it more on the Browns than if he were doing it on the Dolphins or somebody like that. As a thirty eight year old who seemed like he it not seemed like he was cooked. Three years ago, right? Like that's the Jets make a lot of people look cooked. Certainly, they're certainly. also in that quarterback misery club. But you know, the Ravens had moved on from yeah. him, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. He had one year in Denver in 2019. He looked bad there yeah, too. He, yeah. You know, and it just looked like it was over. That again, that was 2019. Then he had the three year stint with the Jets, where he was basically their backup quarterback yeah. who would come in. But boy, oh boy, the Jets certainly could have used him this season more than ever. The crazy thing is. The way he's playing right now, if Deshaun Watson was doing exactly what Joe Flacco has been MVP. doing, not I don't even know if it's MVP, but I would I would <laughs> just say it's a game. They're no, four yeah. and one. Maybe, I think he probably would be. Maybe, yeah. but I, I won't even go that far. But what I will say is, if through the five games Joe Flacco has one thousand six hundred and sixteen yards and he's thrown thirteen touchdowns mm-hmm. and has eight interceptions. In the Browns' last five games, in which they are four and one, that's a time machine. Thirteen to eight is not like the greatest ratio, but that's Joe Flacco. And with that defense, yep. you know Miles Garrett, the best defensive player in the league. I would you agree. Know, I, 
all due credit to Micah Parsons and Nick Bosa, but Garrett's on another level. Yeah. And I think if you just had Deshaun Watson doing what Joe Flacco has been doing for the last five games, I have no doubt that people would be saying the Browns are the team in the AFC you do not want to play, and a lot of people would be picking the Browns to win the Super Bowl if you just took Joe Flacco and yep. took his stats and what he's doing on the field and replaced him with Deshaun Watson. I mean, th- I mean, talking about the Joe Flacco thing, like he is the fourth starting quarterback yeah. for the Browns this year. So they've added three more names to that to that jersey <laughs> yes. meme with the names crossed off. And he's been incredible. He, and I like, think he's dangerous. And he does like he still throws a great ball. Oh, when the ball there's like, just something about the way the ball flies through the air when he's got it. And they they have weapons on the outside where it's like you're right. They have that defense and they'll beat you over the top. And they got you know they got a good running game now. And it's like they they are. It feels like they're built for for cold weather yes. football. That's what that's yeah. that was what I I kept watching it. And you know I they so they clinched their playoff berth last night with the win over the Jets. And right now as it stands, they have. The third best record in the AFC, but of course they are behind the Ravens, who have the best record at twelve mm-hmm. and three, who are in their division. So as it stands right now, the Cleveland Browns would have the fifth seed, and you know right now that would be putting them in line to play the winner of the AFC South, whether that be the Jaguars or the Colts or maybe the Texans. Whoever it happens to be coming out of the AFC South mm-hmm. with that home game. I think most people will be picking the Browns to win that game. I I I would have them over the Jags for sure. Yeah. yeah. So um so it's it's fascinating to watch this Joe Flacco renaissance unfold the way it has and it you know it's it's a perfect marriage with I think with Kevin Stefanski what they want to do you meant you know he still throw you mentioned he still throws Beautiful. A great yeah. deep ball. It feels like it should be set to Mozart. Like, I want a super cut of Joe Flacco 40-yard passes with, like, classical sure. music in the or, background. Or, hell, just give me the uh, the classic NFL films, you know. Yeah, or that. a, a, That's a, Sam Spence. A, I, I, yeah. You beat me to it. Yeah. I love a man who knows. I used to have knows. that on uh, my, my iPod back in the day where I would just listen to Sam Spence instead of, like, do the have, actual do, grades. Do you have, yeah. do you have, now, now I'm going to really test you. Do you have a personal favorite Sam Spence that you could go to? Can you name me an NFL films? How about classic battle? Uh, that there's, that's not my favorite. Okay. But like I do, I I'm blanking on because it's probably been power ten, in the glory. Power in the glory. That's the one. Oh, oh, oh yeah, let's go. Are you ready for some December football as the playoffs approach? Joe Flacco. What happened to NFL films? <sighs> that used to be like now they're married to they, you know NFL Network once it was yeah. birthed whatever it was 15 years ago it's just not the same it all got sable. and yeah you're right yeah. you know the passing of steve sable obviously was instrumental yeah but yeah this is uh but good, this is good music this oh, gets yeah. you feeling football yeah. in december joe flacco and the renaissance and the yeah. Browns. it's crazy though all that they gave up for deshaun watson and who needs him <laughs> all it cost them was their soul <laughs> right and some, you know, and some traffic and, and, yeah. and what five yeah. five traffic right. four Three first rounders and uh, the first guaranteed quarter uh, contract in NFL history to entice yep. Deshaun Watson a to come to Cleveland. It's not that bad. A alleged yeah. sexual predator. So right. yeah, you needed a and, and you had Joe Is it still Flacco. Alleged? I think it might just be. I just say alleged for safety for our sake. purposes. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yes, there's yeah. been lots of settlements. Yes, um, okay. to say the least. Yeah. So there you go. There's a little fix. But so it's insane that Joe Flacco continues this run. 
And you're right. The AFC is wide open. The Ravens look really good against the 49ers. But as good as they look, Lamar still has the playoff monkey bugaboo sure. on his back. Right? You know who doesn't? Joe Flacco. <laughs> so, give me an AFC championship with the Browns and the Ravens. That would be incredible. I don't know if it's even possible the way it should. No. Oh, I suppose it could be, yeah. yeah. No, you can listen, yeah, definitely. You, you can get, you know, because obviously the reseeding, you could yep. certainly get Bills to that. could beat the Chiefs or yeah, whatever, so, yeah. So you could, and the other thing is, yeah, the Chiefs, right? Like, I, they look broken. I would, yes, they absolutely do. I'd People be, are saying it's the Taylor Swift curse. The Taylor Swift co- curse, the Matt Nagy curse. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that probably actually what it is. It's probably know. not actually Taylor, it's probably Matt Nagy. I don't know. I think Andy Reid still has uh, a large. Uh, a lot of his fingerprints on the plays, even though a lot of people say Matt Nagy is the play caller. We'll see how long he's when it, when it comes down to it. Like, let, do they make a change wild in the card weekend, or or is it Andy Reid just grab that play sheet back and hey, it's mine? It's possible. Yeah, um, and we'll see how the off season unfolds for them. Mm-hmm. If they keep going the way they're going, they won't make any deep run in the playoffs. And at that's that hard point, once you have to pay a quarterback. It is. I still think they completely botched a potential dynasty, and I know they went two Super Bowls, but the Tyreek Hill trade, yeah, like they, I think they completely underestimated how much of a difference maker he is mm-hmm. as a wide receiver. He's he's it the best win one without him, but you're right. They, he, no, 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 and and and, and you're absolutely right with that caveat. But still, he's he's a freak show. You had Mahomes yep. and Hill and Kelsey. They don't have anybody that can really take the top off anymore. Yes. Like they would they would stretch you horizontally, vertically. You know, you, you and Kelsey up the seam. Like they were unstoppable. And then you had Mahomes mm-hmm. who could do whatever he wanted. Yep. And so paired with Hill and Kelsey, it's like pick your poison. You have to double both. Yep. So someone was always open. Yeah. And when you have the freak that Patrick Mahomes is. It led to fan, and yeah, you're right. They won the Super Bowl last year, so it's it's hard to watch this team these days and go, "Wow, where do they go wrong?" Yeah, when they won it last you know, year. I do think there is just teams just have a shelf life. Like the like the Patriots are not the norm where you're awesome for 20 years. Like that just that will never happen again. And I think you know the Chiefs are kind of seeing that now. All the great teams historically. The Niners were good for a decade, but the Cowboys had like that same kind of six year run where they got a third one and then, you know, they all kind of fell apart. Mm-hmm. So it does like there if if the Chiefs really declined to being a, a wild card team kind of every year, that would not surprise me. Yeah, they're definitely going to add some weapons. To, like they have to what they're doing. The crazy thing is they're getting the best defensive performance they've had yeah. during Patrick Mahomes' tenure as their starting quarterback. And yeah, to your point, they they do seem like they're broken these days uh, at nine and six, mm-hmm. and they still actually have a chance um, where the Raiders could actually win the division. If the Chiefs lost their final two games and the Raiders won their yeah. final two, the the Raiders would actually win the AFC West. I don't do you think- have an autumn wind as a pirate on there. Because <laughs> that's, that's that's my all time favorite NFL film. Well, so th- so that starts with the poem, right? The yeah, poem the autumn wind is a raider. Let's see here. Pillaging just for fun. I, I might be able to just do it a cappella here. Oh, look at you. Um, but that is, uh, that is, to me, the greatest American poem of all time. It's football. It's the fall. It's Oz Lake. Robert Frost, that guy can get out of here. <laughs> Whoever wrote The Autumn Wind as a Raider is yeah. the best. I believe it. John Facenda is the voice John who is recites the, it. You're right. I gr- think it was probably, to be honest with you, probably Steve Sable is probably the one who wrote it. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Um, nevertheless, I digress. Uh, but so just a fascinating watch last night. Joe Flacco turning back time and it continues. How long will that magical ride 
go? Will it go deep into the playoffs? I think that's the crazy thing is that Browns team, if he just continues to make a couple plays week in mm-hmm. and week out. And he, you know, you mentioned they have weapons. They did it last night without Amari Cooper. Yeah. You know, yeah. Amari Cooper sets a franchise wet record the week before with 260 some odd receiving yards and a couple of touchdowns. And then he, you know, he probably caught all the passes. Meanwhile, we speak of Joe Flacco. Look, his doppelgangers walking right past us. <laughs> yeah, salt we literally just, in the beard. We literally just. Is, That's the other thing. I think Flacco's gotten handsomer. I think he's. I he, think he's better across the board. He's handsomer. The the ball flies out of his hands. You know, maybe even better. It looks majestic as always. They're winning. It, it's incredible. Some guys just mature later yeah. in life. I think Joe Flacco. That's what we're seeing right now. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you want to chat with us, talk some Bears. Talk about the NFL playoffs as they approach. Are you a believer in the Browns and what you've seen from Joe Flacco, or do you think this run will end at some point here soon? And so that's the thing. It, we, we focus all our conversations on the quarterback, and then out of nowhere, Joe Flacco just comes in, and he has the Browns riding high. So has, when you look at the, the, the landscape of things, you pull back. Does watching something like last night change your opinion at all about what the Bears should be doing in the offseason? We're here for you again. Jeff Meller, Barstool Chief, hanging out with you for Carmen Yerko on ESPN 1000. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. Follow the show on Twitter at Carmen DeFalco and at Yurko64. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song, he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather-beaten. He wears a hooded sash with a silver hat about his head and a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold. And the trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. There you go. Your request. I I almost want to make that the new national anthem. Like, that's how much I love that poem with the music in the background and John Facendo with that deep baritone voice. I think it's baritone. It would certainly, yeah. Yeah. I think you're correct. It would certainly change things up if uh, Jim Cornelison had to sing that at the uh, UC. Checkmate, you win because I can't. I, I mean, I can't lose the national anthem with Jimmy. So, if J- Big Jim singing it, yes. I went to the game against Montreal right before a break. Mm-hmm. I think he sings a French national anthem or the Canadian anthem in French better than better? any Frenchman. Ooh. He might sing it better than any Canadian. That's a damn hot take right I, there, Barstool Chief. He's just the best. He's the he's the goat. He is. Um, I'm Jeff Meller, along with Barstool Chief, aka Ryan Brandell. We're hanging out with you in for Carmen Yerk today on the final show of the 2023 calendar year of Carmen and Yerko. Again, we'll have a chance for you to qualify for Carmen and Yerko's trip to Kentucky, courtesy of the Woodford Reserve Distillery. That's coming your way at 150. Am I allowed to win that? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, Probably not. Although friends of you, friends of yours are. So if you want to... uh, Throw uh, throw a quick text out to those close to you. Like, you know, I'm only part time guy here. That maybe I would still qualify. But all right, it's fine. Maybe I'll just get an invite anyway. Then a buddy of yours wins, <laughs> yeah, and all of a sudden yeah. you're just tagging along just the day yeah. of uh, as they're making their uh, trek down. Mm-hmm. Um, all of a sudden you're with them. Uh, all right, so 
We played that because we're talking about the Browns win last night and the Joe Flacco renaissance that continues and has been one of the craziest things we've seen all NFL season to the point where are you truly taking the Browns seriously at this point? I I think you have to because, and if we had said this, we were making this argument in the past where it's like, man, like the AFC it's going to be impossible the next you know, five, six, seven years. We got Joe Burrow. Well, he's hurt. Mm-hmm. And you got uh, Patrick Mahomes. Well, they look like they're kind of broken. Mm-hmm. And the Bills kind of look, you know. They're better, but they're, they're still you scuffling don't, along. I don't trust them. Nope. It's not like they're nope. the runaway, you know, you fear the Buffalo Bills. They the way. fired their offensive coordinator yeah. midseason. They got, so that's never they a got great problems. Sign. Uh, we thought, you know, the Chargers with Herbert would be ascending. Trevor Lawrence, you know, like, as great as he is, uh, and, you know, I would love to have him on the Bears. He, They don't seem like some unstoppable force either. So this whole AFC is like quarterback heaven or, or hell, depending mm-hmm. on what side of the argument you are. All of a sudden, the Browns with that defense and Joe Flacco, if they if they get a home game, you know, or they're playing somewhere cold weather, I really do believe they run the ball well, they can throw the deep ball, and then they play defense. There was that great clip, I don't know if you saw it, of all the Miles Garrett against the uh, the Bears where they set it to music where he's just getting yeah. mauled. It reminded me of when Sha- like Shaq in the post where he couldn't get a, a call because he was just too yes. big and strong. Yes. That's Miles Garrett now. He can't get a holding call against him even though he's held every play. So the Browns are, they are for real. And they will probably do something very Brownsy in the playoffs, and we'll look back at this conversation and be like, ah, of course they weren't going to make the Super Bowl. They're the Browns. But uh, as of right now, I think they've got as good a chance as anybody. And at this point, too, you have to wonder, as well as he's playing, is Joe Flacco opening up the door for, you know, you you joked about it, but like, if for some like the team is good enough and the mm-hmm. AFC is wide open enough, if they, if again, if Joe Flacco caught another heater, just like the one he's on right now or the one he did when the Ravens won the Super Bowl all those years ago. Yeah. It's not insane. They have enough complimentary pieces, you know, around him. Like, could the Browns win a Super Bowl with Joe Flacco? And what the hell would they do then? Well, I think they're stuck with Watson. I, I agree. So, and, uh, but I just had this idea pop in my head. We were talking about what, you know, if the Bears do trade fields and they go quarterback route, we mm-hmm. talked about Kirk Cousins, but he's coming off the Achilles. I don't care if it's Joe Flacco or Kirk Cousins, and as long as you draft somebody else, but you have like that one of those two guys mm-hmm. in your in your QB one spot as the other guy develops. I, I think that's dude. Give me Joe Flacco in Chicago. I can't believe I just said that. I'm only half serious, but I, I wouldn't hate Joe Flacco here. The uh, the Tyson Bajent fan base is going to I want to. Uh, I like Bajent too, but it's he he's not. No, yeah, he's, yeah. He, he's a nice young backup quarterback that totally. you may be able to develop. And mm-hmm. if you have to put him out there for two, three games, Fine. you know, you feel like because your quarterback is yeah. banged up, that makes sense. And you feel like you can, he can go, you know, w- potentially win you a game or two. And that's exactly what you're looking for. But yeah, that's the other thing is Bears fans should Ryan Poles, if they do move off of Justin Fields and draft a quarterback with the number one overall pick, is Joe or, Flacco somebody who yeah. should be. In your sight line as a potential veteran quarterback who could be the starter, you know, I, I know. Or even if you say, like, hey, we're still going to just going to take Marvin Harrison, but we'll take a quarterback later. You know, let's, let's get mm-hmm. another second yeah. round pick. You somehow. said J.J. McCarthy. J.J. McCarthy. Maybe, or if it's Michael pick. Penix who throws. Mm-hmm. I mean, Michael Penix, he's got some Flacco in him where he just he throws a great deep ball. He's like a lefty Flacco a little bit. He takes time, though, to load up. And I know I think he that's does. the biggest question yeah. about him. He's is got a long ball release. out. Um, but obviously, we will be 
knee deep in quarterback draft breakdown mm-hmm. uh, as the months for the next six months. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, I'll buckle up, folks. Let's try Jason, who's in Joliet, wants to talk about this Joe Flacco overreaction. Jay, what's going on, man? Guys, guys, happy new year. But it, let's remember, they turned the ball over three times, mm-hmm. even with that great defense. And one of the turnovers, the running back fumbled, wasn't even down, and Jermaine Johnson ran in for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. You know, in the playoffs, you can't be turning the ball over three times and expect to win, no matter how many yards he's throwing for. It's a great story. I just think, like you, I think you guys mentioned it, the Browns are going to Browns, and it's going to be mm-hmm. the turnovers. That Jets offense has two guys, and yeah. they put over 350 yards on them. So I just think it's a big-time overreaction, especially in the playoffs when you're – can't live off of turning the ball over three times. No, I'll hang up and listen. It's a fair point, Jason. Is, yeah, is that yeah the turnovers will generally usually come back to bite you. I think the one thing is, and they've been ravaged by injuries. The Browns, that is, and um, it's, you know, but their defensive unit at the beginning of this year, the first eight to nine games of the year, was you know it was on a historic path. Yeah, and of course the injuries ended up biting them, and they're still dealing with some of that. Now, if they get back, though, and they get the defense gets healthy as the playoffs roll on here, if they can get back to playing closer to the way they were earlier in the year as a defense, I think that's my thought process as to how the Browns could potentially... Because Flacco gives you, you know, something that... It, it's weird, but Deshaun Watson wasn't really giving that no. when he was under center. No, and and look, and you can say the same thing about the Bears game, right? Where they he turned he himself turned the ball over a lot, and maybe all this narrative about how great Flacco is playing, it's not quite at the fever pitch if the Bears had found a way to win that game, which they should have, because he would have been the reason that they lost because he had a couple bad picks in that Correct. game. But at the same time. When it counts, you know, when they he still threw for what three forty seven or whatever yeah. it was against the Bears, like he he gets I the had ball. The number, I forget what the number was in the second half. He just put it on the Bears. Yeah, he still like to your point. One of the first things you said, the deep ball he throws. Right, yep. he still at thirty eight years old can throw a great deep mm-hmm. ball. And that that fifty one yard touchdown pass that he threw to Mari Cooper against the Bears, yep. where he just squeezed it in there in between two Bears defenders and threw Cooper open. It's that type of ability that he brings that the Browns may have been lacking. You know, they rely on the run game, the play action, though. That now that they've got somebody who seems to complement it, it, it just makes you kind of wonder in a yeah. wide open AFC. And it is, and it is wide open. Like they look at the Bears aren't. I don't. I think the Bears are actually better than their record, which feels silly to say. The Texans have had a nice year, and the Jets. Like those are three wins in a row for Flacco. They're going to be playing all – everybody they play in the playoffs are going to be better than those teams. So they will need to tighten it up. They will need to take care of the ball. But maybe the play calling gets a little bit more conservative. And it's like, look, we, this is what we do well. We hit Njoko over the middle. Mm-hmm. We throw a few times he's deep. Un, and, he's, and that's what – Flacco incredible. has unlocked David yeah. Njoku. Like yeah. when he was drafted – I think he was a first-rounder, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, Miami, right? Yeah. yeah. I, if he wasn't a first-rounder, it was definitely a second. But he was always thought to be a guy who could be one of those freak tight ends and – they have like an all-time getting off the bus team, where like Miles yes. Garrett, you see that guy, like, like oh man, I don't want to play him. Joko's one of those guys. Hunt's one of those guys. Flacco, to a degree, is one of those guys. Yeah. He looks like you want like your old school quarterback to look. And Mari Cooper, like they just got, they have athletes and football Absolutely. players. And, and Joko is definitely like fits that bill. Yeah, and yeah. I, you're right. Like Flacco unlocked him. Yeah, nice chemistry going. Mm-hmm. Let's try a Ricky, who's in River, River North, wants to talk a little bit about the Bears. What's going on, Ricky? You're on with Meller and Barstool Chief. Hey guys, 
I've been listening to the Fields conversation all week, and it's getting way too binary. It's becoming you have to draft Caleb Williams or trade Justin Fields. If you keep Fields, you have to extend him. It, it's, it's nonsense. Ryan's poll's philosophy is more bites at the apple, more wins. So why can't we take a pick, uh, page out of the Packers' book, and if we're going to keep Fields, give him a extension that is short-term, with incentives for guarantees. So, you know, a three-year, $60 million contract that boosts to $90 million or something like that with guarantees. And if field sucks, you cut bait, and you've got four future round, four future first-round picks to go get your quarterback. It's all about deferring the decision and getting lucky in the draft because you have more swings. Eventually, your team is so good that it doesn't matter who's at quarterback. That's my thought. All right. Interesting point, Ricky. Uh, great question. I do want to respond to that, but um, let's take a quick time out. I know you, Chief wants to talk about that. We also had Robert Mays, who joined Waddle and Sylvie yesterday. He had some interesting thoughts. Thoughts, Of course, he is the senior football writer for The Athletic. Had some really good thoughts that I think explains why that might not work, Ricky. I also have a thought as well as to why I think it is a little bit... I don't want to say ambitious, but maybe overly optimistic, where thinking that that can be the path to go. We'll talk about that. 312-332-3776. Jeff Meller, Barstool Chief, in for Carmen and Yurko. Working from home? We're back in the office. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Just ask your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Barstool Chief in for Carmen and Yurko today, closing out the 2023 calendar year here on the Carmen and Yurko show. We've been reacting to Thursday Night Football last night as Joe Flacco continues his insane turn-back-the-clock run, leading the Browns to a victory and securing a playoff berth for them. Is Flacco somebody the Bears should be keeping an eye on for next year as a potential veteran who could maybe usher in they've the done dumber team. things than they've, sign joe flacco yeah i i <laughs> so, I, I agree yeah. and, and i i don't know what the i guess a lot depends on how the season concludes mm-hmm. for flacco and the browns um i don't know what type of money he will com- command next year i don't know if he'll still want to play next that, year that was gonna be my thing if he wins it he can just basically be like i'm now john elway <laughs> i'm walking off into the sunset that would be one hell of a way to do it yeah um our previous caller though before we went to break asked the question he framed it so he feels like everyone's making it binary where the bears have to either roll with justin fields or they have to trade justin fields and draft a quarterback number one overall he says, why can't Ryan Poles just run it back, redo it like he did last year with the Panthers uh, and trade mm-hmm. the number one overall pick for a bunch of valuable assets? Give yourself as many cracks at it. And just, Rye, for those who have forgotten, I'm sure most may remember it, but the specifics, the Bears received DJ Moore. They got the ninth overall pick last year back from the Panthers. That was their first rounder. They also received a second rounder last year, which was number 61 overall. And in addition to that, the Bears get the Panthers 2024 first round pick, which everyone hopes is going to be number one overall in this draft. And they also get a 2025 second round pick still coming to them 
from the Panthers. So four picks and DJ Moore, who most people would consider a first-round caliber yeah. player. Two twos, in two ones, deal. and DJ Moore. Yeah. Yeah. So well, That's a haul. That is a haul. And it looks especially good when the team you traded with gave you what looks to be the number one overall pick in next in the, yeah. in the following draft. That's why it's a complete disaster for the Panthers, in addition to the fact that Bryce Young doesn't, doesn't look like a guy who... Doesn't look like C.J. Stroud. No. Yeah. So I get why that would be alluring for Bears fans, the idea of that. However, I think from a practical standpoint, I think Robert Mays did a good job explaining yesterday with... The Waddle and Sylvie show Jesse was in for Waddle yesterday. Waddle will be back today. We'll cross-talk with him at 2 o'clock. But Robert Mays talked about why he believes it makes the most sense for everybody to just move on Justin Fields from the Bears, the Bears from Justin Fields. I just think it makes the most sense for everybody for them to move on. It's an opportunity that just doesn't come along that often. There are so many teams that have to live with their quarterback, even if they're not 100% sold on him, because they don't have an avenue to anything better. And that's where the Bears would be if they didn't have this Panthers pick. But they do. They have a chance to turn the page and start over with a high-quality prospect that is going to give them four more cheap years as they build the rest of this thing. I just think that you have to tell yourself a story about Justin Fields that you no longer have to do anymore because you have the number one pick. So I think there are still enough holes in his game. There's still enough development that has to happen that why wouldn't you bet on somebody that that development path and that development runway is twice as long? And that's exactly what you'd be able to do. So if they didn't have the number one pick, if they only had their pick and they were picking ninth, I think that he has shown more than enough flashes where you say, okay, we'll keep building around this guy. We'll keep continuity on offense. Let's see where we can take it. But because of the moves that they made last year, that's not something they have to live with. And I just think the easiest move that they can make is just to start over and see where this thing can go. Hmm. What do you think about that? I think it's a very logical explanation for how a pragmatic general manager would probably approach this. I, I So my big thing comes back to mm-hmm. saying that means that you're operating on the assumption that Caleb or whoever you identify as the top guy, Caleb Williams or Drake May or whoever, is much better than Justin Fields. And I, I am just not sold on that. So if someone wanted to give me three first-round picks, because that even that statement right there, if you had the ninth pick, you're not really necessarily looking to, to move on from it. Mm-hmm. It's, not a, it's not as dire as it was with Trubisky, where it's like, it is obvious he's not a starting quarterback in the NFL. It's not Fields. It's like, he maybe, you know, with the re- better game plan. that, And I'm not saying he's going to be Mahomes or anything like a top-five quarterback. Can he be 12th? Can he be the 12th best quarterback in the league? And with the right weapons around him, the right defense, because now you have this haul, does that make you good enough? I, I think that there is something for what that previous caller said in terms of the guaranteed money, this, that. That part is like, I, I've wondered that myself. I'm like, why, why, why does every quarterback that becomes a free agent have to reset the market? Justin Fields is not. Like, why did the Gi- Giants pay Daniel Jones? They should Listen. never have done that. He, did, he wasn't good enough. So offer him something. And if he wants to walk after his fifth year, then I guess you let him walk. And it's like, well, we have to plug that gap for a little bit, but we're not going to saddle ourselves to a 10-year deal for a gazillion dollars eating up our cap and a below-average guy just because that's what everybody else does. NFL teams go insane when it comes to the quarterback position. And listen, we as fans drive ourselves insane, as evidenced by this Fields conversation. I have gone insane. Me personally. I I feel crazier than I did a year ago. And you know what? It is nuts, Rye, because we thought, 
heading into the season, this was going to be the season of clarity. Yes. And everybody, I think, supported the decision that Ryan Poles made when he, even before we knew that the Panthers were likely giving up the number one overall pick, everybody mm-hmm. supported the deal that he made last year because most folks were like, yes, Justin Fields rushed for over a thousand yards. Yep. It looked like you had an, a young, dynamic quarterback. Now he just needed to get better from inside the pocket. And if you could do that, all of a sudden, you might have your and, and give him the weapon like DJ Moore and uh, Darnell Wright to mm-hmm. protect him a little bit. All of a sudden, maybe just maybe you were on your way. I think Ryan Poles has done a really good job of tearing the team down. And, you know, it was a critical move to add Montez Sweat, which yep. has worked out swimmingly far better than I thought he Night could have. Day. You know, as quickly as he has received dividends from Montez Sweat for the deal he's made, I didn't. I was stunned. Me like, too. I thought Sweat would come in here and show some, you know, I thought he would he would be a consistent pass rusher, bring that that you, you were lacking, but I didn't think he would immediately change the defense the way he has. He's a guy that makes everyone's job easier. He's, as Ryan Pohl said the day he traded for him, he's a multiplier. That's yep. how they viewed him. And Ryan Poles could not have been more correct when he said that. I'll he's, give him. He's another getting off the bus guy. Absolutely, he, he looks like a like that guy. He's terrifying. Absolutely, like he's, he looks like he was constructed in a lab to be a defensive end. But I get back to everybody. You know, Jesse Rogers was saying this, and and, and I, I think you're. I feel like you're a little more open to the idea of moving off the of fields. But I could be wrong. I change my mind every hour. Okay, I, yeah. that's fair. Yeah, Jesse was hell bent on you know the last couple of days I've talked with him on the air. He's he is so scared of botching a draft pick on the with you know on Caleb Williams or Drake May that it has frightened him into even wanting to be a football fan. <laughs> I get I get this is where listen Bears fans. <laughs> Huddle up close we, to hey, the radio. Jesse Rogers, come on. Like, we know these roads. Listen, we he, know these. We've been through this before. You can't get scared off of me. Absolutely. Well, a little quarterback problems is going to scare you off of being a football fan. That's what being a Bears fan is. We should have developed a thicker skin as Bears yeah. fans because we know how this goes and we can handle it. And I'll tell you, if you are so scared of drafting Caleb Williams or Drake May that they're going to be a bust, you should just stop being a football fan now. Yeah. Well, like, like seriously, yeah. Bears fans. You should strive and want to have a franchise quarterback. I agree. The nightmare scenario is you trade Justin Fields to Atlanta or whoever. He becomes like a top 12 quarterback that Atlanta has a lot of pieces yes. there that they're like a competent playoff team and you draft Williams or May and they're terrible. Then it's like you had a guy who was good enough to be a starting quarterback and you drafted these guys who don't make it for whatever reason. Yeah. And it's you lose both ways. That that sure that's a nightmare scenario. Yeah, listen, that would be a disaster. Mm-hmm. However, I think what you said there though kind of leads me back to why I'm okay embracing a little bit more risk, especially again when most people who really study the draft say Caleb Williams and Drake May are elite level quarterback prospects in a draft class. Yeah. They they're better than what you had last year in Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Now, Stroud has obviously proven that he is an NFL-caliber quarterback, beyond NFL-caliber. Yeah. He it looks like looks to be the goods when it comes to franchise quarterback. But Caleb Williams and Drake may have more going for them as we enter the draft process than either of those guys had last year. You know, So with that in mind, when the people who do this for a living tell you these are really good quarterback prospects, I'm open to it because what you said... Justin Fields 
could he be a top 12 quarterback? Yeah, maybe if everything goes perfectly. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you the other thing. I think it's far harder for a general manager to build, um, and to borrow the phrase from Jesse, a quote-unquote monster around the quarterback than it is if you have the number one overall pick to just be lucky and know yeah. that that quarterback is the best quarterback in that draft and have the, that number one pick in the year when that franchise quarterback is available to you. I think it's harder to build up the roster. It's harder to be um, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch in San Francisco. It's harder yeah. to be Howie Roseman in Philadelphia and surround your quarterback with, with studs all over the place. It's just not as boomer bust. You know, you miss on a defensive end. It's, you know, like, oh, we can find a guy to plug in there and you got 10 other guys to support him. You miss on the quarterback. Again, sure, and that—that that is, you know, that's like to me. The Bears are sitting at the blackjack table holding fifteen. You know, and like and Fields is the fifteen. It's like, do you hit? Do you stay? And it's like you're kind of in that middle zone, and you just like, ah, let, you know, like let's go, let's go for it, and and you go bust, and that that to me is kind of where they're where they're sitting right now, and and I. There, this is why I get I get pulled into every every argument in every direction because I personally cannot make up my mind and I just throw insane ideas out there all the time. I am pretty sold at this moment on maybe maybe even like trading one and trading Justin Fields and getting a veteran and uh, McCarthy or somebody else. All right, now you now you get crazy. Chief. I know, I know, I know. I'm, I'm going insane. I'm going insane. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. There's some conversation. I see plenty of people online who want to react. No surprise there. We'll get to all your calls coming up next on Carmen and Yurko. Zoning out on that Zoom meeting. Zoom, 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 Zoom. Find out what Carmen and Yurko were talking about. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN one thousand. Barstool Chief hanging out with you in for Carmen Yerk today. We're here until 2. We'll cross talk with Waddle and Connor McKnight, who is in for Sylvie today. We can confirm, White Sox fans, don't worry. Good news. Frank Thomas is not dead. Great news. The big hurt. Yes. Yes. The Living be- well. Looking the best, good. The best of news. Yeah. We will have to uh, pick Connor's brain about that. I wonder if uh, he got some... Some crazy random text this morning yeah. when uh, Fox News put up a graphic of the years that Frank 68 Thomas... 68 to 2003, RIP. Our sources on if he's alive or not is Frank Thomas himself. Yes, so, yes. Frank Thomas yeah. confirmed via socials uh, with a photo of himself that he is indeed alive and well. So that is very good news. He did take that picture while driving, which is dangerous. <laughs> so don't do that if you want to stay alive. But I didn't look closely. Did, did he... Did he, are you sure he didn't pull over? Or he, did you see like movie It looked like he was in the driver's seat. In, based the, on, in yeah. the background. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, but that is the best of news. Frank mm-hmm. Thomas is still with us. So good news there. Uh, 312-332-3776. We are talking about the Bears as they get set to host the Falcons. On Soldier Field, of course, we're your home of the Bears. So you can hear all of your normal Bears coverage on a 
NFL Sunday Bears kickoff at noon at Soldier Field. So we'll have your, you know, I'll get things started at 7 a.m. with the final fantasy football show of the season, uh, championship week for most folks out there. So I'll get things started at 7 o'clock. Black and Abdallah will be with you from 8 to 10. Then, of course, Sylvie will be alongside Lance Briggs and Dion Miller for your pregame. And Jeff Joniak. Tom Thayer, Jason McKee will be on the call of the Bears and Falcons game. Then Peggy and Yurko with your post. Then I'll be back with the post post along with Jason McKee and Pat the Designer. So there you go. Full day of Bears coverage for you on ESPN 1000, your home of the Chicago Bears. Let's go on out to Let's Try Jeff, who is in Schaumburg today. What's going on, Jeff? Hey, happy Friday, guys. Long-time listener, first-time calling. How are you doing today? Awesome, man. Thanks for uh, jumping on. What do you got? Yeah, I just had a quick draft question. Um, based on the, the current draft order and the way the Bears are situated, plus all this talk about generational talents, I'm curious what your guys' thoughts are on the Bears possibly pulling off like a, like a Houston Texans uh, type of deal, um, seeing as Arizona is behind us and doesn't need a quarterback. What if they trade fields, draft you know Caleb um, or May uh, second while taking Marvison Harrison Jr., first with the overall pick um and then giving um you know obviously our first you know this year next year this year's first and whatever we get for fields um just curious your thoughts i'll, I'll hang up and listen but happy new year's guys all right jeff so a lot there he yeah. likes the idea of trying to get up to like one two and select and pairing harrison with uh, one of those rookie quarterbacks I, I think if you're interested in getting a quarterback and a receiver I think the better plan is to take the quarterback. Yes. And then there, it's a pretty deep receiver draft. Absolutely. Roma Duze at yes. Washington, neighbors yep. from uh, LSU. You, those guys will be there at eight or yes. nine or wherever the Bears end up picking. You'll be able to get a, a big time, probably a, like a true number one wide receiver to, to, yeah. wide receiver to go opposite of more. So that's what I would recommend because you wouldn't have to give up you know, a lot of yes. assets to move all the way up to, to number two. Uh, to do that, if that's what you want, that wouldn't be the plan that I would go in. But yeah, I, and, um, and I think from what we've seen from Ryan Poles, I'd be surprised if he did something like that, mm-hmm. based on the fact that he was willing to move off the number one last year and get those assets. I don't think giving up a ton of assets is something that's going to be in his DNA. I love Marvin Harrison Jr. We talked he loves about giving him. up second round picks. Claypool and was a Montez sweat. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but those are for players right. you know who are True. currently playing. So mm-hmm. maybe that's the way he likes to work it. Yep. Um, we'll see what type, if he can get a second round pick. If they trade Justin Fields, it seems like the going rate should be a second plus, like a second yeah. rounder this year, and then something else, whether it be maybe a fourth, fifth, or sixth rounder. You know, that yeah. I mean, we saw Sam Darnold get. Probably, second and a fourth yeah i and think so, that's probably what i would yeah so that yeah. i'm with you that seems like you know but again i think it depends too on how high that second is that someone's given up yep. you know so that's why it may be a fifth depending on if you're trading with someone like the falcons mm-hmm. it's interesting because they're here this weekend so if justin fields plays well you want the ball out so freaking lutely because it really could maybe move the needle ever so slightly to the point where the falcons you know, if they're if they end up picking, yeah, you know, you trigger, trigger finger after seeing that. Yeah, yeah. It, it it never hurts yep. to, to leave the people watching you who might trade for you with a good impression in their mind. It can't hurt the Bears. So um, for all those reasons, it would be really good for the Bears if Justin Fields plays really well on Sunday. Let's try Mike, who is in Logan Square. What's going on, Mike? You're on Carmen Yerko, Meller, and Barstool Chief in for the guys. Hey guys. <clears throat> I got a let me put this question to you. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, 
His quarterback play from last, and I'm speaking of fields, from last year till this year, in your opinion, has it gotten better? And if so, couldn't it be just because he's got a more, let's just say, a solid offensive line, and he actually has a much better receiver? And if that is the case, then why wouldn't we think he could get even better if we drafted another one of these stud receivers and made that offensive line even more solidified? Because if, if that's the case, I just get scared when I hear about these generational quarterbacks. What was it, three years ago when all these top quarterbacks were, were being picked and traded up to get? And how many of them are busts? I mean, talk Almost to the Jets, talk to New England. Yep. Exactly. So my, my point is, is that if we think he's gotten better just because of the additions to the team, with as many draft picks we have, why wouldn't we think he could? And, I, and I'm not a fan of him. I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying this so we can. Hey, let's keep him. Mm-hmm. But I'm just trying to point out if we can solidify the team as far as making it better offensively, wouldn't that make him better after seeing sure. the progression from last year to this year? I want fair, your opinion. Fair question. Fair question, Mike. So I'll let you start. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I think that that is I mean, that's that's why we're all here. That's what we're all talking about. I do think he can get better. I think Fields can be in that. 10 to 12, 15 best quarterback, mm-hmm. you know, above average where you're not necessarily looking to replace him. You just have to do everything else around him perfectly. And I do think he's gotten better uh, with better protection. And, and it, you just, but he, it feels like the footwork's not there. He doesn't see it well enough. It, there is a ceiling to it. his game. That and Perfect. Ceiling and also he doesn't see it well enough. I've seen far too many mistakes on film on the All-22 uh, Tom Waddle does a great job breaking it down. I, I, I feel fortunate. I get my own film session mm-hmm. from him week in and week out. And he shows generally it feels like four or five, sometimes six plays per game where there are wide receivers, Darnell Mooney, sometimes DJ Moore, Cole Komet. It, yep. It's been virtually everybody who starts for the Bears. There's moments in time when they are open. They are NFL open and Justin doesn't see it quickly enough. Yeah. And I know it frustrates Bears fans. They always want to yell at Luke Getzey not doing a good enough job. I'm telling you, Waddle has shown me time and time again week in and week out multiple times where there are open wide receivers that Justin doesn't pull the trigger on. And I think that's a source of frustration for Luke Getzey as well, right? Like he's dealing with a lot of criticism on plays that he knows are open if the quarterback will let the ball go. And so I think the ceiling, and again, what we played earlier, Robert Mays, when he was with Waddle and Sylvie yesterday, talked about this unique opportunity where you're sitting here with an opportunity to maybe draft one of these quarterbacks who do see the field better. That's where I get to. It's, it's, if, if they didn't have the number one overall pick, you know, and I know you're not a, you're not a huge Caleb fan, yeah. so I, I get that. That's why you're a little bit more, I think, rational when it, when it comes to assessing it. But there are people out there who just say, I'm, I'm scared, like Jesse Rogers, yeah. right? And, and I, I can't let, you know, I can't be afraid if I'm going to run an NFL franchise. Yeah, it's just you have to be confident that he's better than, you know, it's like one yes, and a half. He has to be better yeah, than has, Fields. There's right. no doubt about that. And, and he might be, but it's like if he's worse, then, wow. you know, you, you take a big swing and missed, and now we're in this cycle for again we'll be looking for another quarterback in three or four you know like and i so it's like is the guy you have good enough even if he's not yes. you know an mvp is he good enough to do you know what flacco and purdy and even like a like can he be dak 
You know, like, mm-hmm. Dak's not, like, an amazing Again, quarterback, though. but he's had a great year, and they broke him in slowly. They sure. really they had a great offensive line and weapons, and they ran the ball well but for Dak, his first Dak, five years. Dak sees the ball well, sees the field well inside now the pocket. Now he does. Yeah. Now he does. Yeah. But he didn't all, like, his first couple of years, it was a work in progress. 312-332-3776. He is Barstool Chief. I'm Jeff Miller. In for Carmen Yerko. Back in two short minutes on ESPN 1000.